Hello, everyone. Oh, <laughs> there it is. The I've first got, one. There's the blooper. Boosh. I've got to pop my teeth in, Jesus. <laughs> This week's episode of How We're the Toddcast. I am Ross from RGX Media and I'm stood, well, I say stood, I'm actually over virtual conversation here with my co host, Michael Briggs at Michael Briggs Photos. How are you doing, Michael? I was going to say, you stood next to us. Should I, should, are you telling us something that I don't know? Like, like window take one. six, take seven of the info. <laughs> If that doesn't feature on on the outtakes or some kind of like intro later down the line, I'll be I'll be very surprised. Oh god! <laughs> <laughs> How are you recovering since the weekend? Uh, do you know what? I'm feeling a lot better. Like what I didn't let people on was the last half an hour I developed a migraine. So um, I don't remember what on earth we were talking about the last half an hour of the podcast. So if you listen to the podcast and you think, my head doesn't sound well at all or he's not, he doesn't sound right or he's slurring his words. Probably because I had a migraine and I was ready to take, literally pass out with pain with the back as well. But um, a good night's rest, the migraine had disappeared. The back is recovering. I think I'm about 70, 80% there. But um, never mind about my injuries, Ross. I feel that is an injury you've picked up fairly recently to add to the dark cloud in air quotes that I'm seeing a lot on on Twitter around Sunderland. Come on, spill oh, it. Yeah, it's, just, it's just funny. You've had your week of uh, injuries and now it seems to be like my turn. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I just to kind of like quickly summarise. Um, so as we're recording this last night when we... Um, I was at the uh, Stadium of Life for the Sunderland and Crew game, the Carabao Cup, um, which, uh, just a note, I, I put this out on my Twitter today, that's now three defeats in a row within seven days uh, <laughs> for me. So it was Hartlepool the previous Tuesday, then Ipswich on Sunday, and then Crew last night. So I know I was saying I'm, I could be a curse for going to away games, but to have three off your belt going oh. to the, the new season, it's just like... Ugh, I thought it was going to be a lot better than this. But, uh, yeah, so in terms of the injury, when we got to um, penalties last night, it was just a kind of a mad dash, me and a few of the lads who were in there, because they were, uh, we were in the north stand where the crew fans were. They were sent down the lower section, so there was only a couple of hundred of them, but the rest of the stair fans were in the um, east and going around to the south. But they decided to shoot towards the south stand. So it was kind of like you're getting in a position ready to take the shot. And all of a sudden it's kind of like bedlam thinking, right, where can we where can we go? That's fine in terms of all the protocols rather than just you can't just stand anywhere. So it was kind of like a mad dash to get around the other side of the stadium. And I'm not exactly like, you know, you see ball by any means. But um you just misjudge how high those electronic advertising boards are. <laughs> so I think as I've tried to climb over rather than having to walk um, from behind and walk all the way around the track, because from last season you could sit in front of the advertising boards, but now you can't. You have to be sitting directly behind them. So anyway, trying to get me leg over 
the advertising boards. I think I've uh, tweaked something. Dear God. <laughs> I don't think it's actually completely snapped by any means, but I did feel something pull. So as, as I'm seeing the, um, the lads that I'm with, uh, they're quite well at the distance by this point, and he's made kind of like <laughs> trying to see a face walking to, like alongside the east stand, and then I can see like people who I know, people like who usually shout out to get me attention, but they're all trying like see, oh, there's that RGX media and all that carry on, and I'm trying to like you know get along here without showing any sort of being <laughs> or. Not to make it obvious that I've got a bit of a limp going, um, but yeah, like as I eventually get around and have to climb over the advertising board again just before the penalties take, here's me in the stand um, trying to like get rid of this pain while maintaining composure and take, get ready for the penalty shootout. So, uh, yeah, um, that's been pulled along with the usual back pain and everything else. So. Ah, great start of the season. Three defeats, injuries, and yeah, one hasn't even got into the winter stage yet. So no. that's going to be fun. Well, that's going to be the topic of the podcast this week. But before we we get literally into winter, oh no, we're not. You know, we'll enjoy the summer while it's while it's here. Oh, that's a, the lack of the, the summer. lack of yeah. Might as well be winter now. Get the Christmas tree up, lad. Like Christ, should I? Should. But before that, I figured we we'll, we'll, we should really touch on Sunderland. I think because we haven't really talked about Sunderland opened up really with Sunderland, with Sunderland chat for a while, kind of just went straight in, so I think we neglected it a little bit, so I figured we could just have a little bit of a dialogue before we get cracking with the um, with the photography and videography side and for this week's topic. Um, where do you start? <laughs> well, I think it's a funny one, mate, because say when, on the, um, the Ipswich game on Sunday, I don't know if it was like a, a general feeling, unless, unless it's just me being, you know, way in that way but I, I just got like the feeling that the atmosphere inside the stadium wasn't like like something was on edge or whatever no, i got I that feeling as well i got that yeah. feeling like i was watching from the sky and you know when you you know when you like through the tv you can still anticipate some of the atmosphere it didn't like i don't know i did, didn't get that vibe that it was like right season starting let's go let's smash it let's pick up where we left off at the end of last season it was kind of just like well we're here again yeah Okay. I think it was because, like, last season, mate, like, obviously we were on Sky as well for the Coventry game, and there was a big, like, hype and push to have the lads from, like, say, the Spirit of 37 group with all the banner displays. It was, like, completely covered around, like, the lower ball. Like, visually looked amazing, and I was, like, hanging around just above the top to get, like, the, the, the wide panoramic shot of it. But there was, like, a real, like, buzz about it last season where on Sunday I was... um talking to one of the photographers so I go regularly with Chris he was we were kind of standing just behind near the goal in the south stand and we, we, we can kind of get the idea thinking there's something doesn't feel right here like there was it was quite flat mm-hmm. you think like you know it's the first game of the season everyone should be on top buzz and you know just before as the game's about to start yeah naturally the crowd got right up for it but like it was just there was like you know no display put on, just the usual flags, more hanging around the south stand, which is, you know, it's great to see, but it, it didn't have its same impact. And I don't know if that would kind of like reflect it on the atmosphere. And But even before then, for myself, I just didn't have like that. It felt like a, a, like a mid of the season type of game where nothing to play for yeah. kind of vibe rather than like, oh, well, let's go out first game this season. We're at home. Yeah, it's a team coming up, but naturally we should be like, 
fucking assault of these, but it just didn't feel that way. And I say, lo and behold, I just, I, I knew, I had a feeling because I was taking like the pre shots before the game. And I kind of honed in on Nathan Broadhead. I just went, I, you, I've seen this happen. We all so, have. I've lost count how many times this <laughs> has happened, but you just know, nah, it's, it's an ex player who hasn't scored or someone's got a point to prove or whatever. They're bound to do it. And obviously, when it was him, it was just, oh, for fuck's sake, he would go again. So, yeah, it just wasn't how we all thought it would go, it would happen, you know. I don't know how it came across if you watched it on telly mate or anything, but it just it just felt really flat. It did feel really flat. Like I'm not gonna lie to you. Like it, I didn't really feel ex- as excited as I would normally do before the first game of the season. Like um, normally, I get quite excited because obviously football's back. You've got your, your your football for for how many months? Eight, nine months, or whatnot. And I was just watching the football, and I just you know you just you just saw the warm ups, and you saw the build up, and you saw the play, the, the tunnel calm, and you think, right, how are our lads? Come on! And then just I don't know, like it just nothing got going for me. And then I think the the tone of the match was sent was when Bellingham just misplaced that. Well, it was it was a sitter, let's be honest. Like, and it went over the bar. And I thought, if we get beat today, that's gonna be like the the moment for us. Even though like we hit the the post and we hit the bar, but you could just tell that we are desperate for a striker. And what really like annoyed me over like the last twenty four hours is there's been a lot of rumblings about how Tony Mowbray's it's not confirmed. Like we are no news source here, by the way. We're just going off what I see on Twitter. But like you hear like Nick Barnes talk on um on Total Sport where he's like he's got a feeling that something's just not right. Now the guys cover the Sunland games for God knows how long, so he's not the kind of person you would look to and think, oh, he's just doing it to get clicks, or he's just doing it to get downloads for for the the for BBC Sounds. I've never known Barnes to 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 do that with these kind of stuff. So when he, if he's saying like there's just like a bad feeling around the place, he's got a bad feeling. You kind of got to think, ooh, something's not right in camp. And when the manager's an hour and, what, hour and 20 minutes late for his pre-post-game um, presser, even though he said he's he's there, he's dealing with a striker, like, do you really deal with a striker at night, like, after 10 o'clock at night? Or are you just having a bit of a doubt, like, a down, you know, one-to-one with um, with the upstairs? But I don't know, honestly, like, yeah. What I will say is that people need to just chill the fuck out. Like, because <laughs> the amount of people that have gone at the absolute meltdown and pressed the panic button two games in, two games in already, I'm saying, uh, season's over now, lads. Uh, we're not going to, like, oh, for God's sake. Like, <laughs> over, I don't over. think that's just like maybe Southern fans in a nutshell, though. Like, because yeah. we're just used to everything going tits up at some point, anyway. So I just think naturally, soon as like, you lose at your first game and actually he's going to think, oh, that's it. I mean, just before I go into more about that, I know back to what you said about Bellingham, like his chance. I mean, from my view, honestly, well, look back at the highlights of the game, I, like, I think it came out of him quite quick and I don't think he was expecting it. No. But I think at the same time, you think, oh, you know, like, you know, professional football, this should be kind of like anticipating any chance. And he, you know, if he got his head down over, I think he could have, you know, would have been a, even off so much a tapping, but at least enough goal to score. So I think he wasn't expecting it, and obviously you just kind of cannon off his bit while he was leaning back. So given the benefit of the doubt, oh yeah, you know, it's, it's um it was his first main game in the in the 
like a bigger crowd and all that. So, I, 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 other than that, I think he, he was one of the stars of the, of the game that really stood out. Like he's match player, I think. Like it's exciting to see where they can go for from this season off the back of a kind of um, pre-season. In terms of like, say, what you've just been saying about like, like with uh, Mowbray and that, like my kind of um, experience here last season where I was doing the photographs myself, like after a game, like I wasn't editing during the game or anything. I would basically just all snap it in raw for uh, raw format all the way through, uh, so I knew I could get the best type of um, quality to edit after the game. So I was just purely just taking photos, not messing about with no laptop or anything like that. Now my process has changed, so I'm having to have, make sure all photos are edited during the game. Mm-hmm. So going back to last season, after a game, I'd head into the media room for like post match, quickly with the laptop up and get like say a particular series of shots. Say there's a if there's one player who stood out and scored a, a goal or a few, or had a man of the match performance, or if there's a particular shot, I think that should be the first one. I'll put on the socials. I'll edit that um, in the media room, get it up on social straight after the game, and then we'll concentrate the rest of them over the course of the next 24, 48 hours thereafter. But this season, I'm having to edit during the game. So by full time, I'm really, I'm more or less done. Bar um, last night for the penalty shootout, having to stay a little bit behind afterwards. Um Anyway, usually what happens, I'll hang in the media room for quite a while. The away manager would come in, say his bit, like BBC, Sky, people representatives and all that are in there recording and asking questions. So I'm kind of sitting behind that, just doing what I'm doing. But uh, now, um, obviously since this season, I've kind of done everything I need to do, so I don't really need to hang around. Before I would, just to wait for the, the traffic to die down so I could get away. But now I'm pretty much done. I can just leave straight after. So last night I did. I, didn't, I, only, I was there for about, say, 10 minutes, if that. Um, but I got away relatively quite quick. And I, I'm like, about to say, like you're everyone else, I'm like lying in bed about an hour later after the game. And um, one of the guys in there is obviously um, messaging me saying, oh, he hasn't even turned up yet. I'm like, you're still there? <laughs> like, I thought you might have uh, left probably just not long after me. He's like, no, he's still not here. He hasn't even came up for his pre-match, uh, so he post-match conference here. So I'm like, oh, I'll keep us posting. I'm like, thinking, that doesn't sound good. Like, I was getting, like, Alex Neal-type vibes yeah. here off the, like, that press conference where he just dropped the shawl and didn't turn up, so I'm thinking, oh, no. you know, like, you start thinking of the worst here, then obviously rumours start circulating, seeing of this, that, and the other, and then, you know, you just sit like, oh, here we go. Like, you know, the, the, the two defeats is obviously not the best, but then there's just this on top. Like, you just think, oh, what, what's going to happen next? So, um, I think it was quite squashed in the way to say they were discussing targets still, or, again, I suppose we'll never know the full conversation, whether there's been a spin for it or whether it was genuine. But uh, I made, like, a few days of the season and we're already a bit um, manic but I do echo what you said I think the fans need to kind of just reel it in a bit um, I know there's obviously other factors you know possibly Ross Stewart's contract's gone on for the talk of that's gone on for quite a while there's no real like um, a conclusion to it it's still ongoing and you know the lad's still out injured at the time of this conversation so it's kind of that's kind of a, been a cloud over everything and 
you know, with all the carry on with like the ticket fiasco. Oh God, yeah. Merch and everything, which again, it's often made to divulge into. But I think there's a lot of like things that people are hanging on and you know are not happy with. And I think it's just a combination of all that. Plus, you know, I think if we won the two games, I think. Yes, those things will still be overhanged, but I don't think they'll be really like escalating compared to what they are. No. And uh, now we're in a situation where you think we've still got to the end of August, still time to bring more reinforcements, and I think a few players might also leave. But you've got to think the Premier League hasn't even started, even the major competitions across Europe haven't started. So you're going to expect to see a lot of loan activity going all sorts and other players coming from various leagues still, because, you know, they don't want to. They'll be in the same position. Some teams will go after a bad start in Premier League or whatever, and they'll be thinking, right, we need to move these players on or whatever. So there's still plenty of time. I suppose we can judge it from September almost to see if we've had a you know a good window and we're back on track or whatever. But hi, it's it's bad to lose against Crew, and it is at home as well. But you know, whoever was cup games really going to be our like focus this season? No, like, everyone loves a cup run, but that that's the one argument I would probably chuck in there. Everyone loves a yeah. good cup run, but. At the end of the day, it's it's not it's like a league cups. Yeah, well, like it's great to get into a, you know, like a final for it and and whatnot. But I I I just generally think that we need to concentrate. It's like cliche. We need to concentrate on the league. For me, like if we're gonna go up this season, then throw everything at it rather than, you know, like split yourself up into, into two different teams. You know, like one's gonna be a cup side and one's gonna be a league side. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, the idea of obviously having a cup run is kind of because, again, I think as you work yourself like through the rounds, if you can go on a cup run, you know, like in previous years, it would have been, you know, you just take it as it comes. But like, I for like from a photographer's point of view, obviously, last season, we've got to do like the replay of the FA Cup when Fulham came to the stadium. And that's, you know, it's Fulham. It's not exactly like or a higher-end team, but it's still like, you know, it's Premier League opposition versus Championship, and you just kind of think, oh, well, you know, it's going to be on the BBC, and it was little things like that to say, like, you know, without that, I wouldn't have got, like, the photos of Kevin Phillips and the FA Cup trophy and all that, so as a, from a photographer's point of view, to get in those little bit of extras, what you probably wouldn't see, it's probably good to kind of still be in, where now we're out of a cup. I think we won't be in the is it the third round in January? Is that when we I uh, uh, that's jump in? yeah, it's when we jump in. So it's kind of like it's now we've got a, <laughs> quite a while. I mean, I know it's not the uh, the Payne Trophy or whatever Pizza Cup, or whatever it's called these <laughs> days. No, it's not like as prestigious as that, but uh, I've got a while to wait till um, January at least to see if we can get some. Uh, Decent opposition if it's at home or if it's away, possibly close in the north where I might could see what I could do. But if not, I'll just worry about when that comes. But yeah, it's been a it's been a pretty much a bad week, all things considered. But again, it's it's the first week. It's not as if it's like you know we've just lost chance of promotion or God knows what. There's still plenty of time to turn it round, and I've got faith in the team. Um, you know, I think the recruitment stuff. Uh, team behind that have earned our trust because they've done well over the past season so got to give it time in and see how it goes yeah and there's there's plenty of time for that but I figured that's that's what we could do for the first say you know 15-20 minutes of the podcast is just catch up really with because obviously there's, there is that bit of news from Sunderland you know it, it, seemed, it seemed to be quite a bit of a lull period you know 
like as we did the, the episodes in between but obviously this kind of stuff just bowled over I felt we just had to talk about it but um, this week's episode we well, let's be honest Ross we, we we pretty much set the recording tonight when we're normally recording a Thursday yeah. evening and you, you asked me what should I talk about this week and normally I'm quite the organized person and I normally have like three episodes laid out and my reply in the text was, um, and I laugh at emoji because I, I was stumped. But we'll, we'll quickly put some ideas together. And we thought that even though we're still quite in the summer and we'll probably might touch back into this, you know, when it's properly winter is to, to look at, at winter photography and videography. Now, for me, winter videography and photography is both my favorite and also one I absolutely despise of, which we'll probably talk about why. Um... But for you, Ross, what's what's your favorite bit about the transition? I, I've got a feeling what it might be because it might be one of my favorites. But what's what's your favorite transition from going into like say summer into autumn into kind of winter between photography and videography? I think for like you just you touched them. Autumn is like if you're doing stuff like say a landscape or whatever, whether it's on the ground or for drone. Like the transition of all the colors, it's just like you can get some like unbelievable shots. Um, that type of like you know, those visuals are just great. Whether you begin, I mean, I think I've done something like not like the most best place in the world, but I think like this, I read about last year, I think I would, I've done just like walk around Barnes Park when all the leaves had come down, all different colors. I mean, this is like quite a bit of a like downturn of what we've just been talking about sport and football. I haven't talked about bloody colours of leaves now. But, <laughs> we're, uh, just, we're just getting emotional, mate. That's what it is. We're just, we're getting, yeah. we're just getting to our emotional sides, our artistic sides. So I just wanted to like, obviously have a, a sort of waltz through Barnes Park and Sunderland. Um, and I just thought, you know, try the um, like the, the capabilities of like the, um, the C-Log format on the camera to see what dynamic range I could get with all the colours to make them pop. So I thought I'd go around just take couple of short videos and like put a little reel together and just have fun with it just like get a bit like just try the creative side of it just to see what you can do and i actually really enjoyed it i know it's like a far cry from watching the lads every week but like you say just to kind of just get away from all that hustle and bustle of you know being all the the kiosk that comes with like the football it was just nice to be like in a quiet place just walking around just doing your own thing nothing major needed but it was just nice to just like work with the camera just try new settings and see what works and learn and like develop from it the autumn side of it i, I do enjoy because like you gain like you've got a place that you can go around like say durham's a lovely place um i'm thinking if you ever would obviously with yourself with your drone mate if you ever get a chance to this i can't remember the name of the the hill that's um in durham it's just along um along the way but you can send you you can climb this like it's like a little little hill you can walk up it and if you set your drone off from there and look back along the way towards where the cathedral is like summer and spring months are great but if you're getting up there in the autumn or winter especially without snow like the visual of Durham Cathedral that looking back is just incredible that's one tip I would see if anyone who's got a drone try that shot I mean, you might get a warning to see you right next to the prison when you're breaching. <laughs> you're on the verge of breaching or, you know, an illegal placement. But, um, you know, you get that warning. And if you obviously, you know, you're not flying directly over the um, the prison, which is just behind the cathedral, you should be okay. But, um, 
yeah, there's a particular point where you can fly it, and it's just like I just love like the change, like all colours and everything for that type of visual. I think it's it's great, but the the worst part of it is when it gets cold. I just cannot be asked with the cold. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm fully agreeing with you about the the autumn aspect of it. I think autumn's my favourite season of the year, without shadow of a doubt. Um, just because of what you touched on about the the colours, I think autumn pop makes everything pop, and I always try and make it like a conscious effort to spend at least like one, one one day a week going to a park or going somewhere where I know that there's going to be a, not so much a landscape but just like where I know it's going to be quite good to take pictures of. And this year it'd be great because I'll, I'll be able to get the drone out. This year, like last year, I didn't have it. Um. So for for me, that's why well, I just loved getting out to to just taking pictures of, of leaves, which sounds really fucking weird, but um, it's 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 true. Like people who have, um, who who know what I'm talking about, you know, the, the if they're not a photographer, but they might be a photographer now compared to last autumn, you know, this is like a, a prime year for you to, to like go out there and just experiment because not only can you just go out there and, and shoot. You've got you've got all kinds of compositions you can look at. Um, just just make sure you get the leaves in it and just play about with Lightroom and any other kind of um photo software where you can edit and stuff. Um, for me, I always just I always make sure I've got an, an autumn um LUT or preset. So what I will say, tip wise, is if you are looking to get to using or starting to use presets, don't just get them and then just use it and leave it like that's what i used to do and it was very bad of me to do like when i very when i first started using presets it's all i would do i'd be quite lazy for me ross you can chip in after this as well mate like for me i like to have a look at a, a preset how it looks on a photo and then I, I like to just adjust the sliders and try and make it my own like sometimes i'll have a go at making my own preset which i'm absolutely shit it by the way but i like to have that option of like someone's done this but i want to try and make it my own rather than just saying oh this is a preset i've just bought oh, i'm just gonna leave it on there that'll do do, do, do what, what do you think especially with autumn i don't know yeah i think you're right mate. i think there's like a misconception where i think the advertising product buy these presets one click and solves everything yeah yeah i'm in a perfect world but that would just make you like i know if you if you're really pushed against time that was something you need then I agree if they ever did work that way. But in my experience, I don't know if it'll be the same for you, mate. It's like, yeah, the presets give you a base, but you still have to adjust your exposure, shadows, your, you know, your temperature, your colours, everything. You've still got to make it give you a base to think, oh, what it could look like, but you're still gonna have to make the necessary adjustments if you're going to use whether it's your own presets or whether you've bought um other like creators' presets or whatever. You still got to kind of adjust and have a play about. You're not going to get it like right straight away. You still there's going to be sometimes where you might have a, a bit of frustration with the thing. Like, I just can't get what I want. Yeah, that's all part of the learning thing. If it was like say if you could just press a one thing and get it all the time, it would be amazing to save all that time. But I think it would just take away from like the the creativity because sometimes you could do it in one particular style, but then. It's always good to have the raw to go back to this. You know, I might change it and go for a different way. Um, yeah. So yeah, there's, there's, I think presets can be um, they are brilliant, 
give you a base, but sometimes I think you just they don't think they always fit because especially you get a pack of say I don't know ten. Yeah. You know, one might suit the brief, but the other nine are just going to be all sorts of colours and underexposed for any different purpose. So you're not going to use a, you know, something like a one that's dedicated for like night and neons and all that for like an autumn photo here yeah. it's going to just look so stupid so yeah it's, it's um it's dedicated ones for that typical autumn look where you see the orange and brown everything really pop but you can have like a really like classical like but traditional style on it as well um but yeah it's just it's just something to watch out for but yeah autumn is a really good season then going into winter as much as I hate snow and everything that goes with it, but um, yeah, autumn's a nice transition to go out this summer. Yeah, I just wish we had more of a summer to enjoy, really. Well, we don't really have a summer, we haven't really had a summer like that's just a running joke here, isn't it? Like, it's just like two weeks of it, or what? Three, <laughs> three, bad. and the rest. Like, it just felt like you know, every day felt like it was just absolutely pissing down or drizzly. And like, yeah, honestly, I'm so thankful that this well, it, it happens in winter regardless, but. Like for pre-season stuff, even though I haven't, haven't done a lot of pre-season, I'm just quite thankful that some of the the weather that's be, that's taken place hasn't has happened when I've not been covering Morpeth. But I know for a fact that when it comes to winter, I can't escape it, it even if it is like frost and snow and a cold snap. But I am prepared, which we'll, we'll, we are going to mention, Kith. But I figured that, you know, to get the ball rolling with this, this podcast the transition definitely autumn is my favorite i definitely i am definitely an autumn i was gonna say autumn kid there but i'm not really a kid am i um i'm definitely an autumn lover when it comes to just like walking and be like just taking it all in like that that, that cold snap with uh a hot chocolate in your camera i swear to god it's a combo try it and what i will add on to the of what i should have really said is if anyone's like looking for getting started with using like presets, you can just you be careful what you look for because obviously it's like virusy free ones. But I tend to go on Etsy. Etsy's quite a good starting point because it's like I think it's like for some to get started with, it's like a quid, two quid, um, and just just know what you're buying. Like don't just buy it because it, it's one pound buy it because you know it's going to make an improvement on your photos really so for me um i went i did go through a phase where i was just buying every kind of single preset that was going um and now i've got like a like a, a really external hard drive stuck like like hundreds of hundreds of presets that i'm never ever ever going to use um so that for, for me sorry i should what i should have mentioned is just like you know etsy is probably a good one because not only are you are quite easy to find but you're also kind of helping a creator at the same time like it's kind of like a, a giving back kind of thing um but what about this is gonna this is gonna be probably a good talk talking point this to, especially for the, the people who are listening who know about this as well because we're gonna transition into winter soon we're gonna come into that period of low light um and especially at football games we've mentioned it with floodlights What's your take on it when it comes to like what's your like on honest take on it when it comes to low light stuff? Like is this is that the one aspect of winter you just can't stand when it comes to sports? Yeah, I mean I had like a again a, a, a taste of um Epperton covering um just under twenty threes and um yeah, some of those games up there and 
I think the visual, like when you see it all, it, it does from the from the human eye. I like that. I love always always love going to a game. It's always something like there's, there's something special about going. But when you like when you've got a camera in your hands, a totally different story. Um, so especially with the floodlight capabilities, like you don't realize when all of a sudden your ISO is like getting near the ten thousand bracket. Yeah. <laughs> so you yeah. Get, like, yeah. To freeze the players and shot, and you think, oh god, this is like just the, the amount of green on this. And yeah, if you've got, you know, I've got like some like the software where you can like denoise and all that, but it just adds on to the time of editing. And if you want to spend each editing each photo with like trying to take out the ISO green per photo. It's just going to eat your time, and I even think if you're doing it more so now, where you need to get certain shots across to like an agency, you will not have that time to do it. I don't care who you are, you could, you know, unless you've got everything tethered and you've got some sort of magic wand going. But I don't think anyone during a game where it's all end to end and stuff has the time to be piss farting on denoise software and sending photographs across. So, yeah, the the. The low light capabilities in some places, whether it could be like up Everton or so the non-league grounds or whatever, it's that real challenge where you're gonna have that stress. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I suppose it'll it's character building. It'll see how well you can be put in that situation and see what you can do and what you can learn from it. You might not get the most like clean photos out of ISO hundred, but um, you can still get some great shots. Um, at a high ISO capability, um, it just suppose it depends how good you are with like with the camera taking those photos and whether the if it's for agency or whether it's just for you for your own socials or whatever if you're happy with them. But um, I suppose if you're doing it for yourself, you've got more time to edit after a game without having that uh, massive pressure on your back. Yeah, true. No, I agree. Um... Um, I, I, we'll probably talk about this a bit. We'll actually might make an episode of it, just making the difference between what you did before and what you're doing now. Agency work. I know someone sent a question talking about yeah. it, but I figured it could be you know something we could have like an episode based on at some point. Um, but I, I figured for for, for me, um, because covering more with you know the and other like non-league grounds, like you've got places like. Um, the first cloud arena at the South Shields ground where they've got like state-of-the-art floodlights which makes things a bit easier when you're covering games like that. Um, Morpeth's floodlights have dramatically improved since I first uh, joined there. Um, I remember like one like the first couple of winters that I did there there was a specific there was a point um, like if you're walking in to Morpeth's ground if you're walking in a Craig Park if you look on your left you've got like um, it looks like a like a, some kind of abandoned field, like dry area. It's someone's house, I think. Um, and I used to stand there for the first half and I used to just pray that no one scored and ran up um, to where I was standing because the, the light was just shocking. Um, and it, I was just getting it because, like, just because if I, if I had, like, zoomed in, it was fine. But if anyone, like, stood next to us, I, I couldn't get a shot because... There would just be a black spot almost, where I think it's the it's not so much the where the trees have covered like not the the, the the floodlights were way up high, but I think it's where the trees have just like grown out and it's like it blocked most of the light. It was just awful, um, but that's improved and I, I and I tend to just love having a bit that my little section on the left hand side of Craig Park, um, 
is is my little section that I call off. That's my little walk I like doing. But when it comes to low light stuff, there I'm not like what. I think my second season I started to panic a little bit when I was covering Mortwood because I wasn't sure how to adapt to the lower light. And that was me thinking, oh, if I take, say, my 50 mil, that might work. Wrong. Because um, obviously it's not a zoom lens. Um, you literally have to wait for someone to sit on your knee to get a picture. Um, so I thought, you know what, I'll try my 85. Again, wrong. Um, I, I mean, I got a, a, a zoom lens eventually, but when you're using like a kit lens, like an 18 and what, like, what was it? Is it 18 to 55 when you get your kit lens? Yeah. Um, that was hard, like to, to get to use that and, and try and like make it work with video stuff as well. And even when I got, um, like say the, I think it's the 18 to 135, uh, which has got like a 3.5 aperture which um it it helps sometimes but it sometimes it does struggle if it's a poor poorly lit ground and now i've got like the the the, the 70 the 200 millimeter lens with the 2.8 f-stop um i still haven't noticed too much of a difference i kind of have to really rely on cranking up the iso which i absolutely loathe because when I come to editing pictures, I'm a big fan of like adding um, clarity and texture because I like it, I like having like the uh, crispy kind of look on my photos now. Um, and you can't really do that in lower light. It, I think that I think the transition when it's like golden hour, really early, that's quite cool because like if you if you're seeing the sunset like four o'clock, five o'clock. And it comes on the pitch and get some absolutely banging pictures. And I'd imagine I'd, I'll get some banging drone footage as well. But when it's dark, God, it's just... The struggle is so real when it comes to trying to, like, plan... You can't really... I don't think you can plan a shoot for football games. You might think differently, mate. I don't know. But I, I don't really have a plan unless Ross will say, I need you to get a picture of this player... And I need to get a picture of a moment for the um, post-match stuff. Um, and I need to get a picture for the YouTube thumbnail. Um, other than that, I tend to just walk around and just like shoot willy-nilly um, and hope for the best. Like um, I do try and walk in there and think if I can get one good angle or a new angle with videography or if I can get one quite quirky shot. But again nighttime shots are just they are hard work unless it's street photography um which i know we did um almost a year ago now wasn't it jesus um we're still we're still planning that day to go again maybe it's going to be anniversary we'll do okay. it <laughs> <laughs> let's a quick wander around sunland just talk about how how we started this wonderful podcast and how this time last year we we're wandering around aimlessly around sunland city center but I think even with nighttime stuff, I think um, sports aside, I think street photography thrives around wintertime because obviously you get your dark nights and there's a lot more cars out on the road so you can do like light streaks. Um, you yeah. can be really experimental with stuff. I know that like, you you were quite like um, on it when you with the with the light streaks like early on in your photography stuff that I noticed like it'd be like just you standing still and. Like light streaks behind you, you'd get under the bridge and do it there. So yeah, I, mean, I, I don't know what you're feeling with, with, with street stuff. 
what do you think that's your point? Like, with, with you being saying like straight stuff on that, I mean, I think that's probably why I've been <clears throat> over like say spring and the summer just have like you know, we've said it a few times on previous episodes where you've got no interest in doing stuff like sort of landscape or whatever. Where I think when you go into like <clears throat> the autumn and winter months, that's where it comes into its own, where you feel like you know, them crisp mornings or days you just want to go out and explore, go for a long walk or whatever, you, you do feel a bit more motivated for that, where, don't get us wrong, spring and summer, it's great to be out regardless in, in like, the warmer weather, if you ever get any, but um, there's just obviously something nice to be able to get out in that type of environment, like, in different environments. I think over the winter where, as you see, it getting dark really early, and you've got a different type of mood, and you feel like, do you want to, obviously run the risk of wandering around your city that night but like when we did when we had a you know a wander around the city and getting like sort of shots across like the way bridge like light trails now you can get a bit creative with it you know you've got your you bring your tripod with you and try long exposures and just try get some night visuals and the like i think it just gets you there's something nice about it just to you know whether you're on your own or you're going out with a mate or whoever there's just something like good about getting out on night on the nights to see it from a different um point of view i mean obviously just looking back what you've just said there about yourself in the stadium i think you know all those morbid fans are just there to obviously cheer the team on they have no idea they've got one lad there having a meltdown about our high is thinking i want to cheer the lads on you just thinking shit it's above iso oh man i've got ten thousand fuck <laughs> <laughs> Like the first world problems of a photographer oh, is uh, you have a little meltdown on the side of the pitch thing. I can't get this photo because it's just far too dark, you know? Oh, God, I just, just throw me to- toys at the pram. Like, it's too dark, lads. What's going on? Yeah, like, hello, get your money out. Hello, get these floodlights fixed. Jesus. Or I'll put a flash on and start distracting everyone. Good God. Yeah, it is It is one of those things, in it, where it's just everyone else is just sitting there having a pint, enjoying the football and you know, freezing the bollocks off or uh, whatnot and just... Or just just cold in general, and there's me just sitting with, like with all my kit, just trying to peel me gloves off with me with me teeth, and just flapping me hands to try and get the gloves off, and just try and change batteries or whatnot, and have a right little whinge because uh, <laughs> because I can't get a lens of cap off or whatnot because my hands are too cold. Or I took a picture and it was blurred because because <laughs> the ISO was too green. Oh, honestly, it is first world problems. It is first. I mean, we're just we're just like following on from that. I mean, like going into like say the winter months. I didn't get a chance to do it as much last season. Whether I'll get a chance to do it this year, probably even lesser now. But you know that the idea of like they say the low light and stuff. I think that story of you know walking across the stadium and when it's all night and it's all like street lights and the stuff and telling that story of like you know families going across the stadium all wrapped up and that like I wanted to have like that opportunity to be able to capture those like images where. You know, it's more about the story of the game rather than just taking the image for image's sake. And then follow that inside the stadium, getting like not so much down pitch side and getting photographs of the players, but like being sat in the stand. You know, like it, the visual I'm trying to picture is if it's like say it's all like um on like a vintage camera, but like is if it's like all like on film, like that type of film look mm-hmm. where you're not just getting usual photos you'd see in the press or whatever, just that it'll be great to do that once like you see whether doesn't matter where you sit in the stadium as long as it's like full to tell the story but you can have a bit of like a free rain walk around 
um, just go and sit in different parts of the stadium and different, and then getting all these different shots would be that's something I would love to do. Um, most sort of night game, but whether that'll ever happen, or I can't ever say no because you, you just never know these days. But like, no. I think that would be great to just have one game where I'm not purposely there to get you know photos of like the players doing their thing or whatever. It's just more of like building like a little storyboard of images from like outside, like a you know, like for example, like see, you've got a burger stand, like people, all the steam coming off the burgers, and people just wrapped up there, like that type of image. I would love to put like a bit of a spin on, like with like with sullen scarf on that type of like look. Yeah. Um, I might if I can squeeze that in at some point. If I'm not saying do it again, just have like what if it's a Nike and that I don't fancy because I know it's in the, the depth of the winter. But say um, go over anyway. And do the photos outside the stadium, but just go and watch the match with me, son, or something. It's not so much focus the the match inside, but see if I can do some stuff outside just to build like a little storyboard. So that's one thing I could, I might do this season. I'll say that now. It's pissing down on snow, and then <laughs> that's a no go. That's a no go. No thanks. Uh, that sounds quite good, ain't it? I, I wouldn't. I, that'll be kind. Of, that's the kind of that's the kind of content I'm into. Like. Yeah, I think it doesn't. I think whether it's someone or you see do you do it at Morpeth or it's just like that. You know, because I've seen like you know all photos are like Walker Park and you know it's all captured on film from those days and stuff. And I just love like looking back to that type of era, thinking like, oh, imagine being at Walker Park now on a night game with you know the crowd then and to get those type of like all the like retro kits like it'll be just like in a if you have time travel it'll be an amazing experience yeah so obviously the reality is we don't so you've got to work with what you've got so to get around that you can put your like little your own little twist in that way so but you, you know what i mean it's like you know there are people cringe at the word like cinematic but you know what i mean just like oh, that no. night cinematic those type of like tones colors you name it. i think it'd just be the only time i got a bit of a glimpse of it was when i was down um, Trafalgar Square um, the night before went up in the playoffs um, just when the flares were about and people on people's shoulders and you're just getting that smoky type of like bustling type of atmosphere was just like you, you knew you were striking gold when you were seeing that type of stuff yeah. so to have that more on our own turf would be um, would be something really good I would love to do No that sounds quite good I, I, would have th- I did think of doing that stuff like I think it was my first, so was it the second? Like, uh, I think it was the first season in, in Morpeth. I had all these ideas um, where I was like, I really want to do like a, like a video series of like all the volunteers that are involved with Morpeth. Like, just mm. like not just like your bog standard, like, hello, my name's, I don't know, yeah. Beatrice, and I do the, the bar. Or like, oh hello, my name's Bob. Um, I work in the canteen. Do you know what I mean? Like, I wanted like just like I wanted like some something different. Like, no, you don't see, you don't see none of it. Like other non-league clubs do that. That that was the the premise of it all. And the ideas aspect was there. And like ultimately, I wanted to create like a. Once I started watching a TV show called All or Nothing on um on Amazon Prime, um where it's it's based. This is the kind of the shit I love like sports documentaries are my go-to like that's my that's my that's my fix that's my that's my crack 
at the minute is sports documentaries. I can't get enough of them. I love it. And I get quite inspired by them as well. So like when um, All or Nothing was around um, for the NFL, like I quite, you know, I was drinking that in thinking, oh, how can I do that with, with Morbeth? Like, could, could, it, could I get a camera in the changing room? Could I get a camera in a boardroom? Um, the club were actually like, mate, do it. Like, we really want you to do it just to show you how bananas this club can be sometimes. I'm thinking, great. Are you going to give us the money to come take time off work? Or like, because <laughs> you always seem to have these kind of meetings and, and stuff it's like. It's made the hurdles, isn't it? It's like, uh, yeah, I'll give you the. I mean, it's class from Morbid's side. I'll give you that so much credit for you because now it's, it's other clubs might just have to say there's, there's so many things you've got to jump through hoops to get some form of like. Like access to something, but the fact more with like just say, Yeah, go crazy, but then at the same time, it's like, Well, well, much appreciated for the opportunity, but like now, I, you know, times of the essence, like when can I get, get into the do this? Because you're not exactly going to take like a, a week off work unless obviously they're going to pay you for it, so it's 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 fine margins, isn't it? Yeah, it is. No, that, that's the thing, but I was quite keen on, on doing it, like, um, I still am. But it's you know you got to think about it like you you you're filming for a season on your own, and then you've got to edit it. That's a lot of work to do on your own. Um, so for me, like the alternative view is kind of just like at the minute I'm I'm using that. It's not it's not so much training because it's or development because I know what I'm doing and it's it works. But for me, if I can just like bank some good footage that I could use it as stock footage if I was ever gonna use a season long kind of thing. Um, but honestly, like, things you like can't, that can't like split yourself into two, mate, isn't it? Because like you'd want to be doing what you're still doing, but have like you know a twin of you just say, right, just can you cover all the other angles from like, the course of the season? We can put it together like you know like an hour's worth of like a video or something at the end of the season of all the different things of little snippets of different games. But like you know, like you see me, you're just a one man band. You can only work with what you've got, and that's where you're restricted in some ways because you just want to be that creative. You want to go in all directions, but it's just it's one thing that it's, it's, it's it can be really frustrating. Oh god, yeah, like when I, I have made a documentary, like um, God, what was twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen, twenty eighteen? Oh, I can't remember, but I I did a running documentary on my own, <clears throat> and it was fucking hard. Like it was really hard because. Um, it was like planning on what am I going to base the documentary on, right? The Great North Run. Okay, so how do I make it interesting and not just a generic, like, running documentary? Oh, I'm going out for this run. Bed. Oh, I'm going out for this run. Um, bed. Oh, I'm going to warm up and you're going to come with us. Like, how do I make it not a vlog, but a documentary? So I used, like, um, I was trying, like, all kinds of, like, camera angles and different topics and running to try and like like get me me eye in a little bit and um this is obviously around the time when brandon showed up we'll not talk about that but when i was covering people he has to um but what i did is i based it on i'm going to cover three topics and it was going to be um someone who's doing it for charity someone who's doing it for the first time and i can't remember who the other person was i had three people 
I think, and it was like, who's ran it, Lords, who's doing it for the first time, and who's doing it for a charity aspect. Um, so I kind of figured that's that's me, that's me breakaway, and then it was, just, and then it was just like drip feeding me training in between the shots, which, um, it was fun at times, but it when it comes to doing the pieces to camera. I had I, what I did is I had it all done beforehand, so I was going in there like quite raw before the Great North Run, and when I was editing it, I was making no fucking sense whatsoever, and it was like I have to re-record this, but I have to pretend that this is a month ago, um, <laughs> and like, do you know that thing? Can you remember years ago when like film trailers would come out? And you'd like, oh, that looks like a class scene, or that looks like a good part of the trailer. You'd go to the film, and you, that part of the trailer was not in the film. That was yeah. that was exactly what my documentary was like when I put up the trailer. Like, oh, right. Yeah, it's like even like, oh yeah, I can't wait for this, and then it's like, oh, it's not there, shit. But yeah, that was that was hard. So that that for me, knowing like how long that took, that in all, I had in my head two weeks after the Great North Run to finish it and have a rough draft by. Um, I didn't get, it didn't come out until the end of that year. That, that's how long it took to edit. Like, I just totally got it wrong. Like, I just totally, totally got it wrong. Like, um, it was not so much the editing, it was, like, trying to tell a story and then it was like making sure it wasn't me harping on for about an hour and a half because obviously people will just tune out. At like if I'm just blabbering on for about the same thing about for ten minutes, I just try and tell a story about it. Um, if I mean, that's the aspect of it, you've got to you've got to engage to you, you, you're essentially telling the story. Yeah. Well, like you, you know, you you might you you probably come across this many times when you you go on YouTube, for example, and you're watching something. And it's just one guy standing in front of a camera, like whether it's a tutorial or God, not, it just you got like you see it's eighty minutes long, and it's just the same guy just talking straight ahead. You, you think, oh here, fuck this. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> Move on the neck or find something more like rewarding. Where, you know, I know exactly what you mean. Like you try to take, you know, engage with the story, different scenes and everything. Whether you you, you do when you're narrating over the top or whatever, you've got to kind of keep people hooked because. You don't know, people are like if you might if you're doing like a longer video, you want people to stay engaged because if the if the visuals and everything just look off or whatever, people are, these days even more so where short form contents like yeah. the king of it, people are going to switch off and just don't like you put all that time and effort. Not anyone's going to want to watch it. No, that's you the know, thing. So. That's that's the thing. So I mean, if people want to watch it, if you just YouTube my GNR, um, it should be in and around there, um. But I, but that that's 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 why that's that's one thing that I would love to do with more with. But it's just again, it's just I just wouldn't have the time. Um, I would I would need like a, not so much a crew, but just like two three camera people, to be like right, you follow the gaffer, you cover that side of the goal, I'll cover this side of the goal, um, and you operate the drone. Do you know what I mean? It it just I. It might happen sooner or later, but it, it I don't want to be a botched job. I, I want to go in there, all in. Um, but we've digressed a bit there, like haven't we? But for speaking of drones, um, kit wise in terms of low light, how do you how have you developed your kit over the years? 
um and how do you use your your say for lenses for instance i know that lenses have got better over the years and obviously we've both been quite fortunate to to make a tiny bit of money and and reward ourselves with kit how do you how, how have you based your kit from say when you got started to to where you are now and adapted that to to night situations i suppose like we're, when we've done stuff before me like going back to example when we went out around the city um if you're going to do like say a long exposure as long as you've got your tripod with you you know you're shooting at f9 to kind of or even f11 to get all capture all the details in so you're not gonna be doing handheld stuff so you, with like your low light you are okay whack it back down to iso 100 if you want to get like you know whether it's 20 30 second exposures of like light trails and the like so that side of things you, you you're kind of golden if you're relying on handheld stuff that's where it's a different subject when it's doing night stuff i mean you could be the most like you know <laughs> i don't care who you are you've got perfect balance but you, everyone's prone to shake and trying to he's trying to like stay prone with a camera in your hand you're going to get some uh, shake with that so you know like i think the lens i've got now where i think something like uh, f1.8 some f more somewhere at f2.8 so i can shoot very wide let as much light in so my ISO doesn't have to be crippled in that respect um like likewise with the drone when i had the um the mini 2 Again, if I've got the specifications off, I, I apologise, but I'm sure that one was, was f2.8 for using the drone. But now the Mini 3, is it 1.7? Again, if I'm wrong, someone correct us, please. I haven't got the specs in front of us. But it, with having that bit of extra light capability, I noticed more of my drone shots at night were very, even at ISO 100, were still quite noisy in the photos, mm -hmm. where not so much as on the the mini three but again you can use the noise software if you want but if you want to just kind of work with with that and if you haven't got the opportunity to use the noise i know lightroom has that option now in the most well, the most recent updates but previously we didn't have it so you kind of had to just like you know tweak accordingly where on, on certain shots but yeah I, I for what i've got i'm quite happy again it would always be great to have like what i said in the previous episode made endless amount of money to have better lenses give you the, all that better opportunity but for the stuff i've got where i'm wanting to do stuff at night if i'm on a tripod then i'm, I'm relatively happy with what i've got um because i get i can if i want to shoot at a like an f9 f11 no way i'm doing a handheld no not with these knees anyway in this back <laughs> wouldn't happen <laughs> no chance so, uh, but yeah what, what, for what i'm using whether it's um you know shooting with say the sigma 18 to 35 or the, the Canon 16 to 35 I've got that, that one the Canon f2.8 the Sigma's f1.8 so I've got like kind of a, a go between between whether I want an extra stop of lighting or if I want a bit wider um those we go to so I'm good doing stuff like say around the city for the wide shots um so yeah the the, the lenses I've got are, are relatively fine obviously the drone stuff's quite good now too um with that um, extra bit of light coming out yeah, I, I definitely think. Um, yeah, I think I mentioned when I got my camera, I had a kit lens, so I think the lowest it would go was three. Oh god, is it three point five for a kit lens? I can't remember. Um, so trying to shoot anything dark wise was just. It was like uh, nine times. I think I I 
taught myself how to use it with like astrophotography um yeah. and you know having a go at trying light streaks and it starts to remember the buzz I got when I when I first did it. I mean, it was shit, but I just still remember the buzz when I when I got it, when I nailed it. Um, and it was like during a when I first, when I had a photography lesson. Um, I joined a photography for beginners class when I got my camera. Um, and they they showed you how they give you settings to do a night streak, and I always remember. Um, this is when I lived in Cramlington, so I went to a. A walkover bridge, which if people are in Cram will know quite a lot of it. I think it you walk over the oh god, I don't know what road it is. Um, it's quite a busy road next to um one of the, the busier roundabouts, and I just stood there like for a good two hours, just trying over and over and over again to get these light streaks, and it worked. Uh, but also had a, an encounter with a couple of um couple of local um people i'm gonna say that loosely you want to you want to go out there and do all this type of stuff especially with like being the nice stuff you can do all like light streets you can mess about with like light paint all this the, like the fun career because like the dark times is your canvas really you just go and just experiment and have fun with it yeah oh god you always yeah. get fucking twats around the area oh god i know always wanting to know what you're doing like or they just can't help themselves like if i you know even though I'm a, like a photographer myself, I saw another one. I might have a bit of a keen interest, but if I wasn't doing this as much, if I saw someone with a tripod or camera, I wouldn't be like, I have to go over there and see what he's doing. Yeah. I would just go about my business and let them just crack on. Exactly. I... People, people have got like, oh, I've, I need to know what's going on, even though I've got no real interest, but I'm just <laughs> going to pound this person. But it, it is frustrating, no doubt. I, I totally agree. I think there's some people who will come over and be like, "What, what are you doing?" And you kind of just like, "Oh, I'm, I'm just taking some pictures of some light streaks," and I, I kind of just leave it at that. And if they don't want to, if they don't want to engage, I'm like, "Oh, what's a light streak?" And then you know, I'd, I'd happily talk them through what it is. But if it's just like some random child, it's like, "Oh, what are you doing?" Yeah. And then you kind of think that's when you sort of get a bit twitchy with your kit. You take one step closer and you put your hand on the tripod. Uh, but that's what happened when I, when I did the light streaks at Cromlin. Like, there's two guys who almost nicked me hat. Um, so after that happened, I was like, nah, I'm good. I'm going to go home now. So, <laughs> but that was, you know, for that kind of, for a kit lens to get started, I thought that was okay. And obviously, as the years have gone gone by and I've, you know, kind of like developed as a photographer and, and you know, read up more about how kit can make an impact regardless of what environment you're in. Um, and just, you know, like you've got the, the 70 to 200 meter millimeter lens, which with, with the f-stop of 2.8, it it's great. Um, it's not always going to work. I mean, I would love to have a 1.8 with that kind of lens, but I'm pretty sure that's something that um, millionaire Michael would have to look at. Because um, I, I clearly wouldn't be able to ever afford one like that for the time being. And um, just making sure when I pick up lenses that they are relatively close to 2.8 1.8 because i think if you've got that in your locker and you go out and do night stuff you can you can use it to an advantage because i know that when you've got your tripod out there um i, I always tend to just whack up the the shutter speed so it lets in as much as light well not too much light but enough light to make the um the, sh the, the light streaks and what have you but if you're just doing like good street photography where you're just running gunning it, then you know I tend to lean quite a lot on where my f stop is. 
Um, because I don't want dark photos, but I don't want like overexposed, like white blasting your face off kind of atomic bomb faces. You know what I mean? Like when you set your when you set your shutter uh, shutter speed so high, then you you set it for way too long, and you just you get the your viewfinder just blow a face your face off with how white it is. Um, yeah, for for me, kit wise, it, you know, I think for the if you were looking to get into um to get running with with nighttime photography i think first and foremost you need a tripod that yeah that's 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 got to be top of the list if, you, if you're going to focus on night photography yeah, a, good, a good sturdy tripod yeah. i mean there's so many ones you just think are oh, cheap and cheerful they'll do it's not worth the risk because sometimes the weight of these camera bodies and the lens on top Snap. if you've got a, a half-assed tripod even if like if you know conditions could be raining it could be windy the last thing you want to do is see your tripod keel over and land length first on the ground or, you know, because they're not, they are, things can go wrong real quick. Yeah. All it takes is a split second if you're not looking or you trip on it or whatever, you need to get a good, it's worth investing in a good um, sturdy tripod. That's me saying that. I mean, the one I've got, it, it served its purpose. I mean, I have barely used it as much as you've been using the monopod more for the football, but, mm. um, I need it's one of them things I need to like invest in to get a much better one than I've got. The one I've got, the KF concept one, I couldn't tell you the amount of initials and numbers it's got over in terms of the model number, but it, it's it's served as well. But I'm I've got me eye on a, on a Benro one, mm -hmm. a couple of hundred quid on the ball heads again. You just think for the ball head on top, that's yeah, about 160 quid just for a ball head. You start looking at going, fuck, like just for something like that, but. You know, the, the, the well-respected name, try and test. I know a lot of people who've used this particular tripod and ball heads swear by it. So I suppose if you're going to really, if you want, if it's landscape or more stuff you want to do, then it's the, the tripod's one of the bits of kit you're going to have to, like, it's worth spending a bit more just for that peace of mind because it'll it'll last you a long time uh, unless you want, like, obviously to go or something that extends to something bigger and, you know, um but yeah a, a tripod as you've said mate is a, is a must um it's worth having yeah um, i yeah like scrape on like buying a shite one like really investing if you can if you've got the dodge you know i agree i think um you've got to spend big to look good is is what i try to to, to say to myself if i'm gonna if i'm gonna invest um if for the tripod yet yeah, 100 that's probably gonna be if you've got your camera and you've got your lens that's you've you're already halfway there. I think investing in a really good, sturdy, um, solid tripod. Um, I've got a newer tripod. It's carbon fiber, with um, with like a, a what were you saying? Like a ball head. I've completely, yeah. I've, I've completely had a mind fart, brain fart. But it gives you that flex. Uh, honestly, <laughs> I haven't got, I haven't got a migraine. I don't know what's wrong with us, but it's like um. For that, it's really easy for to like not just with a hot like quick release plate to like hop the camera off and hop the camera back on, but also just rotating the camera when I need to, like rather than having to like I know with some like the plasticky tripods, you like you've got a little handle that sticks out and you've got to turn it to loosen it, mm -hmm. and then you've got to rotate it, and then it can only rotate so much before it starts to creak. Um, for so for me having that option where it is three sixty it, um. Is perfect for me and I know that because the legs are quite longer I can I know I can trust it with because it's got like it's 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 grippy with the, with the grips at the bottom with, um 
whereas the other ones are now for a fact that if you stand on it or if you catch it they're snapped off so yeah i definitely look at look at spending about like 80 to 100 pounds on a tripod um because you, you know it's and do your research also um not that i know what i'm talking about but like for me if i'm going to invest in a, a, a quite a hefty bit of kit i have to do a fair bit of research on it like a is it going to work for me and my budget b um and i'm going to get the most out of it and c is it going to last me three four five ten years maybe before i have to to reinvest like um i always think i don't see it as a as a compulse a, a, a compulse compulse but what the fuck is going on with me at the minute honestly i don't know what i'm talking about these days honestly it sounds like you've just done an intro for the podcast i've literally just honestly <laughs> fucking hell but don't say it as an impulse buy that's what i was trying to say don't treat it as an impulse buy and get that urge where you have to have it because ross and michael told me to get it so therefore no 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 do the research and look at it and think is it gonna be something that i can use invest in and get the most out of it with my photography and if it ticks all three boxes then then pull the trigger and do it um i think another part another part of um is kit kit for me is a good camera bag not just a side pouch um or like a quite a flimsy rucksack a good waterproofed or heavily protected camera bag i think in since i've been doing um photography i think i've gone through three bags yeah um in total and i've um one i handed down to someone just because they were getting into photography so i thought yeah i have this it's it's not it's not the best but it did it served its purpose for me done the same yeah yeah exactly um, it was like i look back at it now like compared to probably the ones i'm using now i must have been like walking around like dora the explorer yeah <laughs> all, all, all i needed was a little propeller on the top of my cap and i'm walking around just like it almost looked like a right idiot but you see when you start off you just think oh this looks classless i'll you know whether you're trying to look the part or whatever but at the time i suppose it serves its purpose now i look back and think the little backpack i had was more like a like a school like bag where i had no like sections where you could put your lens and your body was kind of just all like just chuck it in and hope for the best type of thing that was the one i was using anyway but at the time i was like oh well you know i've only got one lens it, it's fine it, it, it serves its need and obviously when i was like passed on to someone else to say look I'd rather you just have it get yourself on your own journey to start off your thing but uh yeah it's it, I, w- I would never tell look like look down my nose because you know you've got to start somewhere exactly but, um, with you saying like again aside from the tripod again if you can spend some money on a good bag it'll, it'll serve you especially if it's all weathered bag we can put a cover on it if you're going to be in all sorts of terrain or whatever um a good camera bag will serve you really well especially if you're going to build up all your gear because you don't want to just get a camera bag for just you know one camera lens because a side pouch you just want to walk around like just a camera lens you want to take it with you then that's fine but if you're going to be you know getting more gear a good camera bag will serve you well no i can I totally agree. Um, like I remember, was it Monfrotto? I think it was my first camera bag, and it like had a mass. You opened it up, and I was buzzing because it was like it had a, a section for your tripod, and then it had like um like these pouches for your camera. And because I only had, um, I think it was one lens, um, in total, maybe two at the most when I had that. Um, 
I was just like, oh, I'm the I'm the biz here. Like this is great. This, um, and then I I bought another one for I think it was for my birthday. So I, I treated myself, um, and that's again served its purpose. I think I've still got it somewhere. I think, um, I don't know if it's knackered or not. Um, but if someone wants it, just let us know, and I'll happily you can happily come get it off us if they want. Um, but then that the one I've bought, um, is probably one way I've had to invest in. I think it was like close to like eighty pounds. Um, just because it's got like two compartments. One where you like zip up the top, um, and that's where my drone will go and my batteries. Um, and then you've got the, the bottom pop section where you unzip it, um, but you can access it from the side as well. So if you need like a quick quick pull. Um and it's also quite hardened and it also comes with the rain cover as well. So I'm I'm covered in all aspects with that so yeah i agree i think for me tripod and a bag for especially for winter um is is definitely up there in terms of kit don't worry about lenses at this point uh if you've got a, ca a camera body and a, and a camera lens um maybe maybe look at a camera lens hood for your for your lens but that's that's something like that that's you don't really need that until like summer for me, anyways, I don't know what you think about that, Ross, with hoods and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I tend to just whack it up the front area just for protection, really. Just yeah, same. If it's raining, if it's raining, I'm, I tend to put it on. I'm clumsy and just, I mean, I've never had an issue as of yet, but no mind, I've got it. It'll be around the corner eventually. Something will happen. It's coming. Where I'll be, 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 it'll slip out my hand or something. If you've got the um, lens hood on, you'd be less likely to smash your lens. No mind, I'll probably smash the lens and freaking the cover will be perfectly fine. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, there's those little um things. It's just like it's just worth having. Um, aside from like the equipment wise, like clothing. No, now, I'm saying this as if like, I I gonna like, go outdoors and I've got a like a car there and I buy all sorts of protective clothing. I'm saying this like clothing's go where I'm like, you know, I just kind of wing it. But if you've got like a spare income to buy protective like good good shoes or waterproofs especially in, in within the winter where daft shite here goes to places and just wears you know like a, a tracky top and like think oh, i'll be all right and then you get out and you're trying to get the groove of things and you know and not i'm not wearing like you probably just wear like you know trainers or something and it starts pissing down. You get soaking all the way through. You're bagging everything's on the on the ball, protected and all that. But you're just on there, pissed through. Yeah. Like so. Like I said before we start, we're gonna we're gonna dish out advice, but we're gonna have to start taking our own. Advice. I know. I know. Like I've got like do's and don'ts to finish off. I'm too. I'm too hesitant to even dive into this because I, I know for you said it before sure we came on it's just to see a face i i just like just to keep keep ourselves covered but also before we came on you were just like mate we, we, we don't even know what we're doing ourselves like what why we're offering do's and don'ts like that's so <laughs> but we in, in a in, in a sense we have offered some do's and some don'ts and that's just yeah. through experience but i agree with with clothing i think um i've got a pair of waterproof pants which are which are my which are not only me golf um waterproof pants but they're, they're mainly through photography as well like they, they will give they were bought for a christmas present um and they're they're mainly for like the the hiking pants but they're great because they're just they're very warm so even when it's like absolutely baltic the i don't feel a thing on my legs um 
and for jacket wise because Mortworth have got their own kits um i tend to just i always go with a comfortable t-shirt um a, either something either that with a jumper on top and then i've got a big thick winter raincoat um and then i've got the i've got a choice i've got a thing right i've got an obsession with caps at the minute um particularly golf club and golf attire caps it's it's i've got a just it's it's a disgusting disease i think i've got about I'm gonna, if i turn quickly uh, i think i've got nine in total um and i've got some woolly hats there as well i've got a hats thing it's not like a fetish it's definitely uh, well, that's a way that's a way for the podcast to turn on it uh, <laughs> no, it's all, it all, I mean, especially going in the winter, I mean, whether it's woolly hats or snow baseball cap or whatever. I mean, you've got to like, you know, like the reason I brought clothing up is because, like I said before, I'm giving out advice. I need to take advice for yourself. The only reason I brought it was because I'm going into the winter months. I think I need to say, get myself to somewhere like, whether it's go outdoors or whatever, just to in, invest into some like de decent, like waterproof clothing because. You kind of be coming away from games or sitting there trying again, like stuff like gloves and that, like proper thermal gloves where you can still do what we're doing, you know. Um, I need to like look at all that type of stuff. I mean, because it's no good trying to whip your glove off while you're trying to like piss about with like photo mechanic on the computer and caption photos and edit while your hand is like ready to drop off. Yeah, you know, like there's all these little things I've got to start like taking a bit more seriously now looking ahead so that's something i'm gonna to have to um look into if any of the regular people who listen to this uh know their stuff on all that type of gear not saying you have to be like fashion experts by any means but there's any particular places aside from like so go outdoors or wherever you can recommend to see go here for like really good stuff then just drop me a message or drop michael a message or both just pass on your knowledge and wisdom because we need it you know we're very very gear oriented but we're usually tend to like never discuss like the, the stuff that keeps you alive <laughs> you <know? laughs> the most important stuff uh, um actually yeah. you said that i've got a pair of um this is how lucky I, well not lucky but um that i got given a pair of like um mitts like specific camera mitts i'll may if i remember if it will come off gives a text and i'll try and to send a picture of it they're basically just mitts but the where your knuckles are on the inside of your hand i'm trying to i'm pointing at my hand thinking that you're right yeah, yeah you can see this it's ridiculous so where you where, visually right so if you look everyone get your hand out right everyone join in right we're gonna do it <laughs> right if you're looking at your palm of your hand and your palms facing up where your knuckles where your fingers attached to your hand if you like i've got a glove where you peel that round where the mitt is the the traditional mitt um your fingers are exposed but it's also got a thumb like a velcroed thumb thing and it mag it's got a magnet so it sticks so yeah basically a mitt but a, a, like a really warm leather grippy mitt that grips your camera properly and stuff anyways right anyways next question ross i'm talking that's, on i mean that's what you need for the winter mate because like if you're going to try and say do street stuff and all at night pissing about with like cold like gear and stuff your hands going to freeze up real quick and you're just going to lose like the the, the drive and like the the creative aspect want to be out because you just actually think I'm, I'm cold I just want to go up like I just want a hot drink in my hand or something you, you just so they the clothing side of it I know it's a bit, quite a bit of a mundane topic to go on but like it it, it is essential especially it's not so much in the summer because again 
and get away with a lot more. But in the winter months, if you splash, splash one be out quite a lot, whether it's doing football or street or whatever, you've got to be like prepared because you know you don't want to be all of a sudden get, something could happen. You know, you're going to get splashed or you you're going to end up being somewhere you might not expect to be, and you don't want to be going in just like you know thin clothing because you know if you get your yourself an injury and you're stuck somewhere in the middle of nowhere. Like you've got all these factors to think about. Just think, oh, I've got to deal with all this because I was going to take a freaking photo. Look, if you're going to go up and do like Astro and all that, you've got to be prepared. You can't just rock up in shorts. Yeah, no, I I totally agree with you. And also, I'll add uh, for clothes and stuff. Um, and people might laugh at this, but like a neck scarf or a snood. Um. Oh yeah, anything like, will help, right? Honestly, scarves. If I think people are either a scarf or no scarf, and that's fine. But for me, um, uh, a neck scarf is it's it's so friggin' handy to have because if you get too hot, you can literally wrap it around your wrist. Or if it's winter and it's pissing down with rain and it's like five degrees, um, and you want your neck warm and you want your mouth covered, particularly ears as well. If you haven't got a hat, they're a godsend. So and and they're next to nothing these days compared to like me paying twenty quid for one. In 2010, because Carlos Tevez had one, um, uh, that's a confession there. Just <laughs> I bought two, I bought one for 20 quid because Carlos Tevez had one, and I played football with one, and I rightly got mocked, rightly got mocked. But anyways, uh, <laughs> shall we go to shall we go to the questions, or shall we go to a, a yeah, question that you received? You texted like... me this, and it was quite a big one, which I think. We could tease it now and then possibly open up it more to a, a future podcast about this. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, I think we'll, we could save it for like an episode. Maybe. I mean, I think a bit, a bit, a bit, that, the question I got given last night it was a great one. It was. But I think there's a, there's a lot to discuss rather than I like kind of trying to. I don't like feel as it sum up and like a couple of minutes yeah because i've been talking bollocks for the last hour and if, god knows if now. people are still but, here um, people think are still people, here like fair play yeah if you're still listening thank you very much um but yeah i got a great um question uh from simon godfrey he runs the um, amateur sport photography uk group on facebook um and uh, he basically on the back of something i put up um was yesterday or the day before about um like my work style like how it's had to change and evolve from last season to now um obviously working for an agency compared to last season and what the sacrifices are needed i know i did say to you simon that i would answer the question on um on this pod but i suppose we'll keep it for a teaser for maybe the next episode um i don't want to forget i've obviously i've got it ready to hear but i think yeah it's just like kind of like you've got to evolve really in like to a different way of working because when I to short summarize it when I was obviously last week I was just doing obviously I mentioned for me on fun and see where, how I can learn and get better where this you know I completely change a different way of working when the agency said have you used these certain applications and the like I was just like kind of like a dunce going uh, no I never heard of them they must have been thinking why are we wasting the time with this lad you know but to their credit they stuck by and says right you need to learn this and try that as you can do like a like a trial buy of the product to see how well you learn and again just swatting over youtube and learning all the tutorials and 
learning hours on that to get better at it in a short space of time. It's like it's just completely seen a different way of working. Now I'm only a couple of games in so far. It's been okay, bar the odd teething issue. But um, as I say, we'll I'll save it for another episode. I can get right into like how it's gone from what it was last year to what it is now. Because um, again, I think there might be people who it's just a case of rocking up with your camera like I did last season it was all hunky dory this season's given me like a really different perspective on it and it could be make or break really whether I can work towards it or not or whether it could be just too much and think it's not for me or whether I, I might think oh it's, it's I'm so used to it now it's come second nature I'm, it's kind of industry standard based the stuff I'm using now so if I, it could evolve and go on something better so yeah I'll, I'll say that for um another episode possibly the next one because like i said tonight we went into this thinking what can we talk about we'll probably keep that maybe for episode 10 unless you can come up with like a, a really specific topic you want to uh, mention my help but um yeah i'll keep that question for next time simon so i apologize i can't answer it now because i really want to but i think we can use it as an episode conversation rather than um, so I can sum like two or three minutes. I don't think I could do it um, just because it's, it's, it's a really good, uh, good yeah. question. To yeah, it would be here for two hours, and I, I feel if we've been talking for nearly an hour and a half now, like so, I figured if people are still here, again, thank you, and also we're so sorry for traveling on for absolute bollocks. Like, <laughs> <laughs> shall we just call it there? We'll call it there. Yeah, it's I mean, it's been quite a good episode, to be fair. Um, like. I think we've talked shite about clothes for the last like twenty minutes or however long uh, it was. So just, we've, uh, we've just, lost them. <laughs> we're just channeling in a ken, aren't we? That's what we're doing. So yeah, we're doing that. But yeah, no, that's been um, like the same. Unless you've got anything else to add, is are we are we more or less covered with everything tonight? No, I think we've covered the topics. Just again, like it's just a it's just a, a house rules basically, not house rules. Um, the you know before we all sign off, it's always just. Get involved with our social media pages. You, you can just just search across all the social platforms. Um, however, the podcast. Um, question wise, do what Simon did. Just drop a random question in there, and if you're okay, and I would assume you'd be okay with it if you sent the question, then we'll answer it. We might even base it around an episode. Um, just yeah, just 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 get either message Ross personally on his. Instagram page or my Instagram page, but um, also I've noticed that you can again. I can't remember if I mentioned this is how out of it I was last week. Um, you can now rate us on Spotify. So if you're listening to this on Spotify right now, go to the actual uh, page and I, th- I, I think you can give a rating of like stars, five would be amazing, but um, be honest with the ratings. Like, we're not going to cry yeah. if we get one star. I don't think we're trying to aim to get, like, top one out of, like, 100 photography podcasts far from it. I'd say, I'd give us your honest rating. If you yeah. give us five, again, thank you very much. If you think it's one, I suppose it gives us the kick up the arse. I think we need to do better. But um, Stop talking about clothes. Well, yeah. That's what I'm going to be like. Yeah, I'm not going to be like, <laughs> oh, we've got one star, you know. It's just give us your honest rating because, I say, we're, we're doing this hopefully to... I mean, I suppose we start off this to try and inspire people if they, if they have come away with this, but yeah. we've had some quite a good feedback. I mean, um, one uh, young lad pulled us at the um, at the Mallorca game the pre-season. I think it was Mallorca, unless it was Sunday. Again, I get lost with my days and I've had old age creeping in, but 
was talking to a young lad in the South Stand and he said, I, I listen to all the podcasts, I, I love it, I, it's good crack and all that. So again, little things like that just make it all worthwhile to keep what we're doing. Yeah. Um, I know we don't have a massive audience by any means, but those who do listen, again, it doesn't go unnoticed, so we really appreciate it. Um, so yeah, we'll just keep tuning in and hopefully we'll give you some insights of how our sporting uh, I was going to say sporting careers are going here with sport, I mean, sport did, involvement. I mean, we did talk about leaves for about and clothes for about a good half an hour there, mine. So, oh, sport and, back, I think, know. fucking hour. What a segue <laughs> that was from Mike talking about how southern season's going so far to leaves and clothes. Oh, I haven't bored the tits off you, sorry. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's wrapping up episode nine. And we'll uh, see you in the next one. This is me, myself, Ross from RGX Media, and Michael from Michael Briggs for those. We will see you on the next one. Cheers for listening, guys. See you next week. Bye. Bye.